I want to begin by wishing all the mothers a happy Mother's Day. May God's blessing be upon you and his presence be with you today and always. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. From our epistle, quote, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be sober and watchful in your prayers. I remember a seminary professor who said that if you use Greek or Hebrew in your sermon, all you're doing is trying to tell the people how much you know. Often when the preacher says that a word means this or that in the original languages, it turns out it means the very same thing in English anyway. However, some English words miss an aspect of the original meaning or convey a meaning to us that is not present in the original word. And today's epistle is a case in point. When St. Peter says the end of all things is at hand, it sounds to us like a message of doom. Oh no, the end is coming. With this sense, we will be motivated by fear. You never quite know when God's going to come and destroy everything, so you better be on your best behavior. Maybe he'll, you know, save you from it somehow. The Greek word for end in this passage is telos. Interestingly, telos has also become an English word. It is used mostly in philosophy to refer to, quote, an ultimate object or aim. And this is its meaning in this passage. St. Peter is saying, quote, the ultimate object or aim of all things is at hand. And with this sense, the motivation is not fear, but expectation. God will soon complete his new creation. Therefore, <clears throat> be focused in your prayers because your prayers will soon be answered. A form of telos is used in two other passages that can highlight the meaning. The last words of Jesus on the cross were, it is finished. The word finished is a verbal form of telos. When St. Peter refers to the telos of all things, he means that the work Jesus finished on the cross will be applied to the whole creation when our Lord comes. As Romans 8.21 says, quote, the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That is, Jesus will finish his work of new creation. In Matthew 5.48, Jesus said, quote, You shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The word perfect in this passage is an adjective form of the word telos. Perfect conveys to us a sense of unattainable or insufferable flawlessness. 
However, Jesus is saying something a little bit different. Be therefore complete. Be whole. Attain the end for which you were made. We are being recreated in Christ through the gift of the Spirit. Telos conveys the sense of the completion of this creative process, the positive end towards which we are moving. Now we strive by grace against the testing influences of the world, the flesh, and the devil. We stumble, and on occasion we fall. This is part of the messy creative process by which God is bringing the order and beauty of his new creation out of the messiness of human sin. The end is not gloom and doom. The end is wholeness, completion, resurrection. The ascension of our Lord, which you celebrated last Thursday, and we're in the season of ascension now that comes to culmination next week on Pentecost, but the ascension of our Lord marked a new stage in the process of this work of new creation. The first stage was all that Jesus accomplished in his incarnation through his resurrection. In the incarnation, God, who exists in eternity, who fills all things everywhere, <clears throat> became human. He entered the limitations of time and space. He who exists outside of time was born at a moment in time, died at a moment in time, and was raised from the dead at a moment in time. Through his work in time, Jesus fulfilled the covenant God made with his people, conquered Satan, sin, and death, and established a new form of human existence in the resurrection. In the ascension, things move in the other direction. The risen Christ left the dimension of time and space and re-entered the dimension of eternity. The effect of the ascension is to make the victory Christ won in one temporal moment at one earthly place applicable and accessible to all moments and all places. As Ephesians 4.10 says, quote, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. The risen and ascended Christ now exists in eternity. He can intercede for us at all moments of our time, wherever we may pray. He can rule over our hearts everywhere and always. The Eucharist is a bridge between time and eternity. Here we ascend in the spirit with Christ into eternity. 
and the risen and ascended Christ comes from eternity to meet us right now at this moment in this place. We experience again our union with him as we continue to move towards, to grow towards our true end, our telos. The New Testament teaches us that the current age in which we live, the age of the Spirit, is, quote, the last days. Jesus completed his work of new creation on the cross when he said, it is finished. The Spirit was sent on Pentecost to do the work of the Spirit within us. All that remains is for Jesus to appear and complete the work that the Spirit is now carrying out within us and in the world. All that remains is for him to bring the life that he planted within us in baptism to its full and completed form in the resurrection. That is what we are waiting for in the life of faith. At the second coming of Jesus, time will be swallowed up by eternity. This temporary, disordered, and decaying world will become the eternal and holy kingdom of God. This helps us to make a little bit of sense of what is called the judgment. Our possession of the baptismal gift of the Spirit makes us eternal beings whose telos is in the coming kingdom of God, whose true end is in the new creation for resurrected humans who live in a renewed and resurrected creation. But only that which is eternal can enter the eternal kingdom. Judgment, therefore, is not an arbitrary sentence. It reveals the interior reality of each person. Because the telos of all things is near, the epistle exhorts us to use our spiritual gifts. As each has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The Bible teaches us that each believer has been given one spiritual gift or charisma, at least one, with which to serve others in the body of Christ and with which to bear witness to Christ in the world. This is our work in time, in this world, as we wait for the completion of all things. During the season of ascension from last Thursday, to next Sunday. We wait for the Holy Spirit and we pray for the Holy Spirit to come. Of course, the Holy Spirit came on the first Christian Pentecost and has already been given to us in baptism and confirmation. However, as we experience again the story of our redemption in the church year, we wait and pray for the Holy Spirit to come to us in new ways. As our colleague says, leave us not comfortless, but send to us thine Holy Ghost to comfort us and exalt us unto the same place whither our Savior Christ has gone before. 
Thus, let us prepare for the celebration of Pentecost next Sunday by praying that God will send his Holy Spirit to us in new ways. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit will come to renew our experience of grace and union with God. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit will come and renew our spiritual gifts and give us a new zeal for worshiping God and serving others. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit will come to further the work of new creation in us for the telos of all things is at hand. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.